to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Join me as we read a scripture from Romans, chapter 12, 9 to 21. Love must be without hypocrisy. Detest evil, cling to what is good, show family affection to one another with brotherly love. Outdo one another in showing honour. Do not lack diligence. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be in agreement with one another. Do not be proud Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Try to do what is honourable in everyone's eyes. If possible, on your part, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for his wrath. For it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Thanks. Thank you, Corey. Wow, happy Father's Day. What a Father's Day service so far. We've had a bit of light and shade, haven't we? The beautiful sacredness of baby dedications and then the craziness of that game. It's a bit like life as a dad. So happy Father's Day. To everybody, especially the dads. Thank you, dads, father figures out there. Thank you. Thank you for rocking up every day and giving it a crack. And today we begin a series called Slightly Better Relationships. You may have heard of this title before. Yes, this is version three of Slightly Better Relationships. Now we all want to be better in our relationships, don't we? Even, even slightly better. There is that desire in us to be better in our relationships so that God is honoured, so He is glorified, and so that he is, we are transformed more and more into His likeness. But coupled with that desire to be better is this realisation that far out, we can't do this on our own. We need help. We need more of the transforming presence of our great God to come on the inside and do his great work. And we need each other. We need each other. We can't do this on our own. And over the month of September in this series, our plan is to bring practical teaching and preaching in order to help us all be more intentional and flourish in our relationships, whether it be in our family and our friends and our work relationships and so on. Our hope is that you would all feel this sense of being cheered on, being cheered on in your relationships, as well as receiving encouragement to take steps into greater intentionality. We are anticipating moments of our, as truth in love is spoken and as we realise that we've fallen short as well as moments of, wow, 
as we are reminded that, in our, that our relationships are the rich fabric in which our lives are woven together. And that this love that, that Paul talks about in the book of Romans, this love would animate these relationships and that it would not be passive. Love is not a passive thing, but it is seen and felt through practical expression. So our hope over this, this next month is that as we have those our moments and those wow moments, that we would be open to the deep, transforming work of God to comfort, to heal, to bring forgiveness, to give grace, to fill with love, and to empower action. And so throughout this month, I want to encourage us alongside these great messages to check out the Foster Family and Friendships pop-up on the Purpose Circles on our website. There you'll find a bundle of great resources, books, daily devotions, online resources, our very own podcast, Marriage Grit and Parenting Grit that are all incredible resources to help us on this journey. And we're sticking in Romans 12. We can't get away from it. I'm sure some of you are saying, Ben, do you real have you done Bible college? Do you know that there are 65 other books in the Bible? Do you know that there are there are 15 other chapters in the letter to the Romans? Yes, I do. But what Corey read earlier is the best place for us to land for this series. Pastor M last week unpacked the the change of direction in Paul's letter from instructional theology to practical theology. And this this change of direction happens in Romans chapter 12 as Paul moves from the, the concept and the truth of love to the shape and the expression of love in day-to-day relationships. And so there will be various voices over the next month focusing on a different scripture from Romans 12, 9 to 21. And today we're landing in Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Oh, this is awesome. I'm I'm sure some of you are thinking, this is going to be a quick sermon. This is so self-explanatory. You just have to do what it says, right? It's a bit more complex than that. Why? Because it requires you and I to take our focus off ourselves and our actions and our emotions, and put our focus on the actions and the, emo- and the emotions of others. This is challenging. This is challenging because we think too much of ourselves, and we think of ourselves too much. You and I want to control the narrative. At the same time of overestimating our ability to be the arbitrator of what is worthy of rejoicing, what is worthy of weeping, At the same time of doing that, we undervalue another person's lived experience and emotions. Whether it's comparison, bred from doubts over our own value that holds us back from truly celebrating and rejoicing with others who are celebrating and rejoicing. Or whether it's dismissing or minimising someone's mourning because we're uncomfortable, because we don't know what to say or do. Whether it be any of those things, it can be a challenge for you and I to truly be in the moment with another person, to be present, to be aware, to be interested, to be acknowledging, validating and creating an environment for greater connection, greater healing, greater growth 
And I know that the heart, the intent of everybody in this building is that we want to be kind and empathetic and compassionate. But something keeps getting in the way. It's us. (laughs) With a backpack of our own gear, walking around, we get into our own way. Let me illustrate. A few years back, before the incredible Tom Hawks, there he is, was married to his beautiful wife, Michaela. Before they were married and had kids, Tom had a dog. And his dog's name was Steve. I know. Uh, Tom loved his dog. But one day, he found out that his dog was really sick. And he, he came to the realisation that he had to actually put Steve down. And so he was there at the vet when, he was, when, when Steve was breathing his last. Anyway, the next day, it's kind of taken a bit of a downturn, hasn't it? The next day, Tom came into the office, into church where he works, and guess who was there? Me. <laughs> ah. I was aware of what had happened. I'm not a dog lover. I had dogs as pets. I liked the dogs, but when they died, it didn't really affect me that much. And so in my mind, what I'd created was this narrative that a pet dying wasn't a great reason to get too upset. So in light of all this, in light of the great narrative I was telling myself, I basically dismissed the trauma that Tom had just gone through, the grief that he was experiencing, and I made some insensitive remarks, walked away and thought nothing of it. Now, thankfully, there were other people in the office (laughs) who were much more compassionate, much more empathetic than me, and they came and gave me some feedback (laughs) about how my actions and my words probably weren't helping the situation. And in that moment, don't, don't you love how God uses others to bring conviction, Holy Spirit? In that moment, I was convicted deeply. And I went and apologised to Tom. I said, sorry. Because here I was trying to dictate the narrative. I did not think the situation warranted weeping, warranted mourning. Therefore, no one else should. What a self-centred and prideful attitude to have. It was a blind spot in my world. I was getting in my own way, preventing me from seeing what another person was going through. And I learned a very valuable lesson that day that shaped me for the better. For you and I to live as Christ followers, where we truly belong, not only to Jesus, but where we truly belong to one another. What does that look like? That looks like we, us being led by another in their rejoicing and their weeping and not being dictated to by our own ideas of what is right and justified behaviour and responses to the spectrum of life. Matthew Henry, in his commentary on verse 15 of Romans chapter 12, true love will interest interest us in the sorrows and joys of one another and teach us to make them our own. So we are called into this type of relationship. We're called into true fellowship, a shared life, where we give up control 
and we truly enter into the feelings of one another and consider the condition of another as our own. Our relationships truly shaped by love, they're more than a handshake, a slap on the back and going our separate ways. They require active participation. Love is a verb and our Heavenly Father does this for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Psalm 35, 27. Let those who want my vindication shout for joy and be glad. Let them continually say, the Lord be exalted. He takes pleasure in his servant's well-being. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. Our God, our Heavenly Father, He is in the very midst of our rejoicing and in the midst of our weeping. He is neither disinterested or dismissing, but He is active in participating in all aspects of our lives, the highs and the lows. This is his heart for us in our relationships. And so whether it's in our marriages, our parenting, our our friendships, our work relationships, rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep is the shape. It's to be the flavour. It's to be the expression of genuine love. What can this look like? It can look like a hug, a text message, a gift, An offer to just come and sit and listen, an act of service, a meal, a smile. It can look like many, many things. James, why don't you come up, please? And so for dads, I just want to talk to dads for a moment. Our participation in these moments and seasons for our kids is so pivotal. Our presence and our reactions will greatly impact our kids as they journey into and through adulthood. We as fathers will influence whether these moments will be remembered as precious, sacred, special moments or painful, forgettable moments. A memory that's etched in my mind. And I've got a really terrible memory for some reason. I don't know why, but this memory etched in my mind back in the 80s. Do you remember the 80s? 80s music, how cool. 80s fashion, it's back. It's just the 80s. We lived in Kalgoorlie and I played soccer. My love for AFL had not yet been birthed and well done, Fremantle. I've jumped on the flag mantle bandwagon. Come on, Fremantle Dockers. My love yet had not yet birthed. So I, 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 love, I still love soccer, but I was playing soccer. My dad was coaching and I was pretty hopeless. It was, there were two age groups in this team and I was in the younger age group. So I was warming the bench. My dad wasn't the type of uh, coach where he's like favour me because I'm his son. He's like, if you're not good enough, you're sitting on the bench. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that, man. Let's not rule. Anyway, <laughs> let's not go there. I could, I could preach a whole other message on that. But I, when I, I got an opportunity to get on, and I remember the day that I scored my first goal. Do you know why? Because it was the most incredible strike on the... No, I can't even remember how I scored the goal. I can't even remember one part of the goal going into the net, the ball going into the net. Do you know I remember my first goal? 
because of my dad's reaction. Do you know what my dad did? <laughs> it's pretty embarrassing. My dad, oh, my dad's actually here. Happy Father's Day to my dad. Give us a wave, Dave. My dad ran on the pitch, put me on his shoulders and did a lap of honour. It was the middle of the game. The game hadn't finished. He probably got a yellow card for time wasting. He was rejoicing as I rejoiced. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. And this thread of taking advantage of the moments, making them special. Oh, this is going to get me. It's a, it's a part of who I am as a 43-year-old man now because my dad, yeah, he was present for me. He valued those moments, whether they were moments of rejoicing or moments of weeping. And last month was a rejoicing moment for my dad. He retired after 50 years of work, hard work, providing for his family, 50 years. Thank you to all the dads out there, all the retired dads. We recognise you. We see you. We acknowledge you. We thank you. Anyway, dad retiring coincided with him turning 70. So it was kind of a cause for celebration. So mum and dad took Karen and myself out for dinner. And I decided to write him a letter that I would read out at the restaurant. I know, it's wild, isn't it? It's wild. Just to tell him what I love, I love about him being my dad. The great things he did for me as a dad. My dad's not perfect. It wasn't always perfect. It wasn't always great. But I wanted to acknowledge my dad for all the things. The great things he'd done for me. This was influenced by him modelling it over many years. But also from this book I'm reading called The Intentional Father. By John Tyson. I encourage every father of a, of a son who's coming towards teenagehood to get a hold of that book. Anyway, I wrote this letter the week of and it was all good. There weren't many emotions. I was like, oh, this is going to be fine. And got to the restaurant, sat down, read the letter. Oh my goodness, emotions kind of flowing. My dad will always have that letter. My dad will never forget that night. What we as dads sow, we will truly reap in years to come. So for dads and granddads and father figures and incredible mums who are superheroes and playing the roles of both mum and dad, what are those moments that we can really make the most of and rejoice with our kids? A birthday, a sporting success, an academic achievement, a development breakthrough, an encounter with God, a new friendship, learning a new skill, getting their first job, getting married, having their kids, or just having a great day. Let's be led by our kids as they rejoice and let's respond in kind. And what are the moments for you and I to weep with our kids when they hurt themselves, 
when they experience a friendship or relationship strain, when they lose a sporting game, when they've been let down by someone, when they have expectations unmet, when they're not hitting the mark that they've set for themselves or when they lose a job, when they lose out an investment. Many, many different moments. Can, can I encourage us not to dismiss? Can I encourage us not to tell them to get over it? It's not a big deal can't be the first thing that comes out of our mouth. If our kids are mourning, if our kids are mourning, our first response is to mourn with them. It is to acknowledge, it is to validate. And that can sound like this. I see you're angry or frustrated or upset. I see you've had a tough time. Can you help me to understand what this is about for you? Or if we've got younger kids, are you okay? That must have hurt. These validations can then lead to further discussion where we can assist in empowering our kids to rightly position that moment, that disappointment, that feeling into the bigger picture of God's mercy and God's plan. I'm not saying that our kids' emotions and feelings are fully formed and are an accurate thermostat for our house and for our sanity. No. I'm not saying that we're, we're giving permission for our kids to lose the plot at everything that doesn't go their way. No. This is about validating first and then positioning them for a teaching, coaching, transformative moment. It is a compassionate, empathetic lean-in to rejoicing as they rejoice and weeping as they weep. And so for all of us, in all of our relationships, this is to be the shape and expression of our love. And can I encourage us? We can do it. You can do it. Not on your own. You can't do it on your own, but you can do it. As a person of faith, we have access to great Holy Spirit indwelt in us, the very presence and power of God who would come and bring wisdom in those moments, who would shut our mouth when we're about to say something silly, who would develop patience in us so that we don't respond out of anger. Holy Spirit wants to come and He wants to participate in all those moments so that we can be a blessing, so that we can be a help to our kids and to those around us. You and I can do it with the help of Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Why don't you close your eyes? Holy Spirit's triggering something for you this morning around this. Bring it before Him. Dads, where there's guilt and shame around some of our responses to our kids. Where we haven't got it right. Where we've kind of stuffed up. Bring it before your loving Father right now. With a heart of repentance. And allow forgiveness to flow into your world. 
Let God's grace cover you. Let His mercy be encountered in this moment. Be encouraged and strengthened by our great God this morning. Dads, mums, every person. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. And so God, we are calling out to You today. We need Your help. It feels at times like we're flailing, flailing as dads, we're flailing as human beings. We, we just keep getting into our own way. We need Your help. We call upon Your mercy today. We want to participate in the lives of others. We want to be in the worlds of others, not to take, but to give, not to pull down, but to lift up. God, we want to be a blessing. That's in our heart, Lord. We want to be an encouragement. And so God, as we lay these things before You, would You transform us from the inside out? Would You transform those parts of us that would want to compare, that would want to dismiss, that would want to try and control? We give ourselves afresh. We surrender afresh. We humble ourselves before you this morning. And we ask that you would do that great work. Would you empower us to be present? Would you empower us to be aware? To truly rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. We ask that you do that in us, continue to do that in us for your glory. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.